Okay, let's get started with Parshas Chukas, Tavshin Ayin Aleph, broadcasting here from Camp Cayley in uh, Wurzboro, New York. And Bez I hope that the Shia will in the future be on Tuesday nights. Uh, just scheduling-wise, it had to be on Wednesday this uh, this week. But uh, let's get started uh, with our discussion. Over the next couple of weeks, we will have uh, one Parsha a week. No double Parshas this entire uh, this entire month or summer. Chukos Balakar is uh, separate, as it always is in Eretz Yisrael. Matos Masi is separate, uh, being that it is a leap year. Okay, let's start off with a thought related to the to the name of the of the parsha. The name of the parsha is Chukos Atora. This is Chukas. Says Rav Zevin in Latara Vla Moadim. Shnei Luchukas. Chok or Chuka has two meanings, two translations that Chok, uh, two two ideas behind the word Chok. Chakika. The chok, chakika to be engraved, chakuk, and chok. As we know, chukim, chukas Torah, a law without a reason. Chakika v'chok, says Rav Zevin, zos chukas Torah b'shnei and here it means both. How? First he proves from sukim each one. Charus al haluchos, the letters, the words on the luchos were engraved on the luchos. Hare chakika. That's an example of Chakika engraved. Asher Alkei Nikra Moshe Rabbeinu Meshe Mechokek. Moshe Rabbeinu is called the Mechokek. Hisham Chalkas Mechokek Safun. He's called the Mechokek. He was the one that gave us the Luchos. Ve'ela Hachukim HaMishpatim. So there we see the word Chok as we usually translate it. Chok versus Mishpat. Chok is a law without a reason. So what's the relationship between these two ideas? Something that is engraved and something that does not have a reason. Shnei mini osios heim. Osios haksav va osios hachakika. There are two ways of writing. There's writing with ink, writing with a quill or writing with a pen, and writing engraving. What's the difference between the two? Hahevdil benehem, osios haksav heim be'etzem nifradim mehadover sha'olav nechtavu. If I write with a pen... If I put ink on a paper, or even in the olden days, ink on, a, on any type of material, that ink inherently is separate, is a separate entity than the item that it is written on. It's still ink and paper. It's ink on the paper now. I can't get it off, but it's still ink and paper. They're separate. It doesn't become one. Bimahutam. They're like they're together, but really they're not. And really you could separate them. And there might be ways to remove the ink from the paper. But by engraved letters, it's, it's, in, it's one and the same unit. If I engrave something on stone, then it's not like there's letters that's on the engraving. The engraving is the letters. It's one unit. Hachakika It's from itself. There's no there's no separate entity here. There's nothing separate. And says Rav Zevin, That's why when it says in Mishlei, Kasve Maluach Libecha, write it on your on the blackboard of your heart. 
What does that mean? When we're supposed to put Torah on our heart, it means engrave Torah on your heart. Have it one with your heart. Why were the luchos? Why did Hakadosh Baruch Hu make the luchos engraved? Why did he make it? Why didn't he tell Moshe Rabbeinu even the first time? Here are the luchos. So write it. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Hakadosh Baruch Hu engraved them. So he could have also written them with ink, right? So why why why, why didn't he have it with ink? Why didn't he have it with ink? Mizel suvim. No, the message is because Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants the Torah to be engraved on our heart, just like the luchos had the letters engraved. So too, the letters should be engraved on our heart. Part one, that is engraved. How do we get the Torah engraved on our hearts? How do we get the letters, not just, <coughs> not just on our hearts, but in our hearts? How do we do that? Says of Zevin, there's one way. There's one way, and that is how we view the laws of the Torah. As he's about to say, if we view the laws of the Torah as chukim, so then they will stay as chakukim on our heart. If we look at the Torah's laws as ultimately, why do we do them? Because the Kaddish Baruch Hu told us that we have to do them. Not based on any specific reason, but it's because the Kaddish Baruch Hu told us as a chok, then they'll stay forever. Says Rav Zevin, if we say that we only do a mitzvah because of its reason, then there's always the danger that if the reason disappears, then the law disappears as well. The way that we could make sure that the Torah and the words of the Torah are engraved on our heart and not just written on our heart, if we want them to be chakuk, we have to have the outlook of chok. Line 26, V'davka ha-chok v'ha-gzeira yuchlu l'zchayim la'ad k'davar ha-chakuk she'in la'afrido. Only something that is... Uh, doesn't have, we don't focus on the reason, then it will stay. When there's a reason, so then the reason is external, it's, it's, it's not inherent, like the Sefer Achinach writes in Nagdamate Sefer. All the reasons that he comes up with is purely just to make it more palatable and, and tasty for us, but not that those are the real reasons for the, for the mitzvos. Like the word tam, from the word taste, reasons make it tasty. Hachok kavua laolam kaosios hachakika she'ein leha freedom zos hukasa Torah. The ultimate, obviously, is paraduma, the symbol of that, but really applies to all reasons of mitzvos. Even though we focus on a reason, hukas teaches us that the reason should be secondary, and we should focus on the mitzvah as a mitzvah per se, because Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants us to do it. Okay, let's get the ball rolling with the name of the parsha Chukas, the two meanings of Chok. Okay, now we go on to the beginning of the parsha. Zos Chukas Torah, we have the beginning Rashi. What does Rashi tell us? The beginning of the parsha, as we know, this is parsha's para, paraduma. Rashi tells us you have a quote at the beginning of source number two. Lefisha Satan veUmos Haolam Monin Es Yisrael. The Satan and the nations of the world make fun of the Jews. Lomar, ma mitzvah, ma tam yishpo. What kind of mitzvah is this? What kind of reason is there for this mitzvah? Paraduma, leficha kasavachuka. That's why Hashem says that this mitzvah is a chok. Chuka chakakti kvarv ein lecha. I have made this. I have set aside this chok. Ein lecha reshus laharher acharecha. 
you do not have rishus. You do not have the license to think and search and try to delve into the reason. Unusual lashon. You know, like why not? Why can't we try? Okay, we won't get the we won't get the answer. But no, Rashi says Ein lecha rishus lahar harachareh. Question one: Ask Rabbi Yosef Nachem Yechornisir. Why? Why should there be a problem with trying to figure it out? What? Because if we don't figure it out, we'll reject it, and they'll say, "Oh, it's not true." Just say, "Why didn't Rashi say? Why didn't Chazal say? If you try to search for it, the reason you won't find the reason." No. What's the language of Rashi? Ein lecha rishus laharachareh. What exactly is that Lashon? Line 5. What does that mean? We never find such a principle that you're not allowed to try. You're right, you're not allowed to do mitzvahs dafka for the reason. We know the Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us, Shlomo HaMelech, the Torah gave the reason for three mitzvahs, and by dafka by those, he went by the reason, and therefore he, he sinned. Shlomo Shlomo tried, and he quotes even later on. Rashi later on in the parsha quotes Rabbi Moshe Hadarshan, one of the rabbeim before Rashi, who quotes that what, Paraduma there are there is symbolism. It's connected to Cheta Egal. The mother has to come and clean up the mess that the child made. Tavo So the Paraduma does have reasons. So what does it mean that we're not allowed to search for Ein Lacharishus And number two, there is a reason given. And even furthermore. Another question that not others, others, not such a popular question, on line 15, Ramosha Darshan says that the Paraduma is Chapar for the Ega, but one minute. When did we get the Mitzvah Paraduma? When were we commanded it the first time? In Mara. Ech no Marsha Paraduma Balachapar Chaita Egel. How is it possible to say that Paraduma is Chapar for the Chait? Right, separate question is why do we need that Mitzvah then? Right, keep it of aim. Okay, Shab is okay. Paraduma, we didn't have a we didn't have a Mishkan yet. But either way, but but if Paraduma is for the Chet Egel, so how does that work? What? What? There was we gave us Paraduma. <coughs> that was before the Egel. They wasn't happy yet. So, so the Hashem knew. So what's going on here? So again, question one: What's the language of Rashi? Why dafka here? And number two: How could the mitzvah paraduma be given and be considered a kapar for the chayta egel if the egel didn't happen yet? Says Rabbi Yosef We can answer these questions based on a, a Rambam that we've discussed in the past. I think it's been a couple of years, so I gave it to you again in source number three. Rambam deals with a famous philosophical problem. That's what the Rav Yosef just alluded to at the end. But we're going to see it in the Rambam. The Rambam tells us, how is it possible at the question of knowledge and free choice? How is it possible that God knows before we do it and we still have free choice? That's the Rambam's kasha in Hilchus Shuvah. You know, the middle two prakim of the Rambam in Hilchus Shuvah are about Bechir Chavshis, Perakei and Vav. Shema Tomar says the Rambam. Hashem knows what's going to happen before it happens. Yeda should at Sadik or Rasha Olo Yeda. He knows if I'm if I'm going to be at Sadik or not. Im Yeda should yet Sadik. Yevsha Shlo yet Sadik. If Hashem knows I'm going to be at Sadik, so then how could I not? It's impossible to do otherwise. 
Im Tomar Shiedashi Yid Sadik Ve'efshar And Im Yedashi I'm sorry, was the next line? Fourth line. Vim Tomar Shiedashi Yid Sadik Ve'efshar Shiye Rasha And if you're going to tell me that he knows I'm going to be a Sadik and I have the ability to be a Rasha also, he said he doesn't really know. So in Manavshach, you have a problem. If I can't change it, then I have no free choice. If I can't change it, then God's knowledge is not perfect. So how is it possible that God knows? Right, this is a major problem, major philosophical issue. Right, Hashem knows whether I'm going to make the bracha properly or not. So what kind of free choice do I have to make the bracha with kavana? So de'a shetda, da'a. You should know, says the Rabbim, second to last skinny line. The answer to this question is very deep. It's it's wider and deeper than the sea. There are mountains that are totally on this question. But listen to what I'm going to tell you, says the Rambam. Here's the answer. When we say Hashem knows, we can't say that. Because a person, a person knows something. The knowledge is not this, is, is separate from the person. I can know something, I can also forget something. And the knowledge that I knew something, it came to me at one time in my life, and maybe it could leave at one time in my life. Right? If somebody is thinking about something else, they can forget it. Knowledge with a person is not the person himself. When it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we say, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Echad has various meanings. One, Rav Salvechik was fond of saying uh, Echad means unique. But Echad could also mean that everything about God is God. We can't understand that. But he says, Elohu Yisbarach Shemo V'dayto Echad. V'ein dayto shel adam yicholo lahasig davaz alburyo. We cannot fathom that. Because we don't have such... Our brains don't work like that. We just can't... It's it's beyond our hasaga to understand. Lahavdil. Lahavdil. Just like a, an animal. An animal can't imagine what it's like to have a brain with intellect. And make decisions and have, you know, decide what you're going to have for lunch that day. And go to work and, and who you're going to... Ma- an animal can't fathom that because it's just, it's just a qualitative jump. So there's even a greater, an infinitely qualitative jump going from human beings to Baruch Baruchu. Because his, his, his knowledge is different. And says the Rambam, Just like we cannot know God, uh, God's essence, as the Pazik says, even by Moshe Rabbeinu, nobody could see me and live. We can't understand God's knowledge, we can understand how it works. And therefore, what kind of question is that? God is, <coughs> God is separate. God is, as we've said in the past, He's outside of time. So we can't ask the... <coughs> I'm sorry. We can't ask the question of how does God know before it happens. He's not bound by time. He's in his own. Like we, we gave the muscle, which we always like to give, but give it again. The muscle of somebody's watching a game that took place yesterday on a video. So somebody's shooting the basket. Does that person have free choice to make the basket? 100%. He has free choice. I know whether he's going to make the basket or not, because the game took place yesterday. I know if he's going to make it, but it's free choice. That's just a muscle to help us understand if you're outside of the timeline of what's taking place, so then there's no problem with knowledge and free choice. So, lahavdil, but it comes to the knowledge of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows, even though it didn't happen yet. 
but we still have free choice, and we can't ask, we can't ask Kashas. The Ravid is very upset about this Rambam. We're not going to read the whole Ravid. The Ravid in, in, here in, in Hilkas Shuvah, the Ravid says, The Rambam shouldn't have asked the Kasha. The Kasha is so much better than the answer, says the Ravid, that he shouldn't have even asked the Kasha, and then he tries to give his own answer. Okay, we're going to focus on the Rambam. So this is the Rambam. The Rambam tells us the, that a Kodesh Baruch whose knowledge does not in any way take away from the fact that we have free choice. Now, says Rav Yosef Nechem Yekornitzer, we're back to Arashi. We're back to Arashi. We're still back in source number two. He quotes the Rambam. Says Rav Yosef Nechem you know what the Umos HaOlam are saying? They're moaning. What does Rashi say? They're asking the Kasha that we asked. They're asking, how could God know beforehand? And I don't understand what paraduma. They're asking this the whole this whole problem paraduma. It's a kapara for the egel. It didn't happen yet. How could God command it beforehand in Mara? That's the problem they're asking. They're moaning as Yisrael. What kind of mitzvah is this? What kind of reason is this? What it didn't happen yet. It's a joke. Your whole system. So what does it say? What does Rashi answer? What do we answer? Ein you can't be maharer. You can't use your brain. We can't use our brains to try to explain it. Why? Because the Kaddish Baruch Hu's brain is not like our brain. And this is an example of what we have to say. Paraduma, the, exa- the issue of what's symbolized by paraduma being given before the Chetel Eagle even took place. That God knew, yet we still have free choice whether to do the Eagle or not. That whole issue is the symbol of the major problem that the Ramam talks about. That's in Lecha Roshus Lecha You can't be, we can't be Maharer. Line 27. That's, this is just the question that they ask. But Zeh Gufa, Hei Mamonis Yisrael Omar, Ma'u Ta Mitzvah Zub, Eich Yuchal Heyos Kazeh, Shiyadubar Eschem, Mishpar Advar Soschem Eschem And then we answer, at the end, line 36, Ein Lanu Roshus Vekoch Besechleinu Akatsar, Laharher Velachkar Alzeh, Kilomach Shavosa, Mach Shavosa Echem. That's the conversation that's taking place in the Rashi. Unbelievable. That they're moaning as Yisrael. And we ain't l'cha rishus Because this isn't just the Tama Mitzvah. This is about the whole philosophical Ashkafic issue of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's knowledge before our, before our doing it. Okay. That's one thought on the first Pasuk. We spend a little time on the first Pasuk. Another thought related to the first Pasuk. Again, a famous question that's asked by many. Zos what is Chukas HaTorah? Ask the Arachai Makadosh. It's a little cut off on top, but you have the answer in front of you. Zos Chukas HaTorah. Why doesn't it say Zos Chukas HaPara? Why doesn't it say Zos Chukas HaTuma? Tuma Vitara. Right? Davka Para, Davka Chukas HaTorah? This is one Allah of the Torah. Why does it say Zos Chukas HaTorah? Famous question. Says the Arachai Makadosh. Here we go. Let's start with line 9. Let's learn a halacha that some are familiar with. The Rambam tells us on line 10. A non-Jew does not contract or cannot give off Tumas Mace. A non-Jewish corpse does not, is not Tumatame uh, Bemace. And he quotes the Rambam. Right, only a Jew. Where does that come from? Asked the Arachayim. Why Dafka 
is a Jew. Does the Jew create Tumas Mesa, not a non-Jew? It's not that we don't believe something is better or worse, but it has to be different. Akash Baruch Hu has, has reasons. So why is it? You know where it comes from? It comes from our connection to the Torah. The fact that we have the Torah and we learn Torah and we live by the Torah, that creates the Tumah when we are not doing it anymore. These laws that we're about to talk about, what's the root of these laws? Where does it come from? Why does it only apply to us? It's because of the Torah. That's the root of it all. It comes from there. Why? The greater we are in our lifetimes, the more sweet the tzuf, the dvash tzuf that he says that we have, that is what creates the tumah, tumah afterwards. And he continues, I'll give him a show, line 24. Kfarim shalti, he gives a marshal to two kalim, line 25. There's one, there's one kli that's full of honey and one kli that's full of garbage. And he took him outside. He put the kalim, there's two, two, two pails, one full of honey and one full of garbage. The bugs and the flies go to both pails. But, which one gets more? Which one gets more? The bugs go to both. But the one that has dvash gets more. The sweetness, the sweetness brings it. So where does the, where do the bugs, the, the shrutzim, the tumah, where does it, where is it most connected to? The place that was so sweet beforehand. Kamochin Adam Yisrael, Sameach, I'm sorry, Shemais, Liosa Malikdusha, Hamitukava Areva, Betsesa Nevesh, Vidisrokan Aguf, once it's emptied, the greater they are, the harder they fall, as the saying goes. The more Ruchani they are, then the more Tuma there is, Yiskapsu, Aklipos, Lankates, Shemkochas, Atuma, Tevim, Tamili, David, Bektusha, and the more Toma there is. You can have a thousand houses that are all connected. They're all Tomei, says the Arachayim HaKadosh. That's those chukas. All these laws that we're about to talk about, HaTorah. It comes from the Torah. It comes from the connection that every Jew has with the Torah. And then he quotes something that he said he's always thought of, and he hasn't seen it anywhere. Line 36. He thinks um, this could be the basis of a halacha. nachas ruach. I had nachas ruach. I had great satisfaction. We should get our satisfaction in life when we come up with chidushe Torah. That's 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 where you get this, the Musar haskel from this little line of the Arachayim Hakadosh. We should have a lot of satisfaction in all areas of life, but at least a little bit of our satisfaction should come from thinking about Torah and coming up with ideas in Torah. Ubazem atzasi nachas ruach l'makish etziva Hashem 
Pesach b'Mitzrayim, Hikbir Hashem al-Beis Dvarim. When Hashem told us in Mitzrayim about Karban Pesach, He told us two types of people who cannot take part. Two types of people. Number one is an RL. RL, somebody's uncircumcised. V'tziva Lamul, right? You have to have Brismila beforehand, like Yoshua ben Nun also mauled everybody in Charbo Surim before they took part in it in the 40th year. So number one is an RL, and number two is a little cut off, is a, is a, uh, well, a different, uh, uh, is connected to it, but it is a Ben Nechar. Does that mean a non-Jew? Does that mean a Mumar? Right, different discussions. But those are the ex- excluded, uh, categories. What about somebody who's Tameh? Somebody who's Tameh can't take part in any other carbon can't eat any other carbon, and yet when it comes to Karim Pesach, Tamei Mesa is not a problem. Tumah Hutra, originally, originally it was not commanded. It was not commanded that a Tamei person shall not eat it. We even know the principle of most Bnei Yisrael are Tamei, so Tumah Hutra B'Tzibur. Line 5 says the Archaim HaKadosh of the second column, Bnei Yisrael didn't get the Torah yet. If they didn't get the Torah yet, then maybe there was no Tumas Mesa yet. At that time, line five. I'll call there. Haya Hashem Yachol Tzavos Kodem Shizarom Mitomas Meis Velasos Moshe Efer Para Vein Matzor Lashem Lasos Rizoni Zvach. He couldn't figure out a way to give, get us Para Duma. Oh, we couldn't have become we couldn't have become Tar then. No, Akadosh Baruch Hu could have figured out a way. No, says the Aruchaim Akadosh. They didn't get the Torah yet. They didn't have the status of Tamei Meis yet. Ki Yisrael Ohayt Tamei Meis Hagam Shenogu Vehilu Alameis Ki Adain Lo Kibu Atorah. The Danubemaz Din, Gershin is Garab Yom Yudalid, and therefore they didn't have the Tumas Tumas uh Tumas Mace specifically commanded at that time. Yes, then he continues what right about after that, what a Pesach Shani he gets into, but um but at least originally in Paragud Base, I guess he's focusing on in Parsha's bow, it was not commanded because at that time there was no there was no Torah. Okay. Moving right along. There is, many of us, number of the Svarim talk about a difficult line to understand in Targum Yonasem and Uziel. Uziel, one of the early Targumim, which uh, the Gemara talks about that the world shook when uh, some of it was uh, transmitted. There's a Targum Yonasem and Uziel. Pasuk tells us that the Para Aduma was done by the assistant Kohen Gadol. Not by the Kohen Gadol, the assistant Kohen Gadol. Elazar HaKohen did it. The Pasuk says, Parakites Pasuk Gimel, Unisata Mosai Elazar HaKohen, Vahotzi Osa Michos Lamachane, Vishachat Osa Lifanav. Right? He took, he took it out and he, and he uh, shechted it. We know the Paraduma is done later on, is done in Harazesim, is done to the east side of, of Harabais. He's looking there, it's burned there. And Yonatan Ben Uziel says on this Pasuk, the Sitnun Yasele Lazar, you have it in source number five. The Yivdekine Betimne Srei Trefin. Elazar Hakohen, when he did the Avoda, he checked for the 18 Trefus of the carbon. Those who just started learning Mesechas Chulin, we started a couple of days ago. So, Hashem, in the, in the third parak, we're going to get into Ela Trefus, all the different Trefus of the animals. So, we know there are 18 categories of Trefus, 18 Trefus. So, he checked for those Trefus by the Paraduma. That's the Targumion of Menuzia. The problem that is dealt with is the Paraduma is burned whole. You don't check for anything, you burn it whole on Harazesim. What are you checking for? What are you checking the lung? You don't see the lungs. You don't check anything. 
So what exactly does the Yorzeh ben mean that he um, checked for the Yudches Trefus? Right, so you see in Kamosi Shalom Rav, there are a number of answers. I gave you two. Divrei Yorzeh ben Uziel, Shakoin Tzorach, Libdok, Hazavar Aduma, Orwas Miyasav, Shul Rabbi Menachronim. What's going on here? Many of the Achronim are bothered. Next week, those born in the daf will get up to Mesechas Chulin. Shame both come as a para. You don't do the check the para duma. Mishum shalameidim v'shachat v'saraf. You shecht it and then you burn it. Mashchitasa kishehi shlema. Avsreifasa kishehi shlema. We have a drasha. So the para duma is burned whole. So what, what are you checking it for? Velod, and not only that, Ella Shemimashi, in both Kim Trefus, Babara Duma, but that Gemara, that Fyodalf and Chulin, is the source for Rov. It's the source in Shas for Rov. But the fact that you do that, that we burn it, we shecht and we burn it, that's a source that you follow the Rov. So what are you checking for? You follow the Rov. The Rov animals are Kshayrim. Lam Dushem Gorsh, Alchanach HaRov. Vech Amar, Yonas HaMenuziel, Sheish Livdo, Kasapar, Bilchas Trefus. So Shem Dvar, Ladivar Gemara. That's the kasha. So what does it mean? You check the Yudchei Streifus. Two answers in front of you. So one is more of a technical answer and one is a more of a, a uh, magical answer. Hayusha Razul Omar, some wanted to suggest, this is quoted by Rav C. Pesach, Sha'amnam Yonasem Benuziel Omar Svar L'shita Zermi Meir HaChoshish L'miyuta Maybe you're right. We paskin that you burn it whole and you don't have to check. Yonasem Benuziel is going like the Shita of Rabbi Meir who's Choshish L'miyuta like with the minority of animals, Okay, machlokas. The answer is machlokas. Fine. We'd rather not say that answer. Rivsi Pesach does not like that answer, right? It's a it's a it's a shash of a meat on a durabanan level, right? On a couple of other answers, but this is a second answer given in source number six from the base Yitzchak. It's an amazing Tosfos in Shabbos. Tosfos in Shabbos says that you have it in on line three. Shebechol arba'im hashanim sheho Yisrael ba'midbar hayameir lohem amud ha'anon the cloud of glory the amud ha'anon during the years of the midbar used to light up for bnei Yisrael an shekasher hayadam mistakel betafiach mibachutz hayaroe es mashe besochel all Jews had X-ray vision in the midbar. If they would look at a pail, they would see what was inside of it. That was the magic of the Ananiah covered. X-ray vision. Right? Sometimes they have, um, in the army, they have uh, night vision glasses. You put on the goggles, and all of a sudden it's light, and you can see everything that you can't see. So the Ananiah covered let everybody have X-ray vision. I assume it was still Tznius. There wasn't X-ray vision on, on people. But, uh, but at least on items, there was X-ray vision. The Imkain says the base Chisrak, if that's true, you know what happens here? The animal was whole. But he still checked the Yudchas Trefus. Yonasen ben Uziel, Dibra Lapara, he showed us He's only talking about that first Paraduma. He's not talking about all of them. That first Paraduma in the Midbar. That's the one. El Wazar checked the Yudchas Trefus because he didn't have to do anything else. He just looked in the animal. So if it's there, Efshalavarer. You have to burn it whole. But if you can burn it whole and still find Yudches Trefus, right? So then, that's what you do. Vesapara, Shinastim Amidbar, Achain, Efshari Lubtok Adiyamudanan. You could have checked it there. So, Rabbi Yosef Nuzil is talking about the first one. The Gemara, 
You have to check that all. You don't have to check. That's normally without X-ray vision. It's good, Shiloh. What about Pismanazeh? If we would have the abilities and the science to be able to look inside, like to have the X-ray vision, right? Would you have to do it according to this Shiloh, or you would? According to the Shiloh, you'd have to check the Yudchas Shreifus for the uh, for the Paraduma. Fascinating. Okay, that's from the Beis Yitzchak, and you see all the sources they are quoted in the in the Kamosi Shalal Rav. Okay, moving right along. A lot in uh, Parshas Chukas. A lot of little stories. First, first a uh, a Medrash Plia. Remember, we have a Medrash Plia. We have a Medrash Plia is just a Medrash that has a story and then says, you know, this is connects two things that seem to have nothing to do with each other. Medrash Plia. So as the Medrash Plia is quoted here in one of the volumes of Torah Ladas or by Bloom. Vatamasham Miriam Tikavasham, Miriam dies. Miriam dies, and Aaron's gonna die, and then Moshe, Miriam dies. And the Pasik says, uh, or Chazal say on that Pasik, on the Tamasham Miriam Atikavasham, Miriam died and she was buried there. Milamed Shekalu Mese Midbar. You see from here that the Mese Midbar stopped, nobody else died. That's Miriam died and she was buried. You see from here that Kalu may say Midbar. So again, what does that mean? Miriam dies, so what does that have to do with the rest of the people in the Midbar? She wasn't the, she was the last one? Or how did they know? What does it mean, Kalu may say Midbar? That's the Makshima Olam. know this? So he quotes a Sefer, the Shnei Hamaoros. Shnei Moritz quotes the Chazal that comes up at the end of Masechah's Baba Basra. Chazal tells us, it's a Medrash, Medrash Eicha, that during the 40 years, or actually the last, last, not the first year or two, after the Meraglin, after the Gzeira, every Tishabav, Klai Yisrael used to dig graves and sleep in their grave. Every Tishabav night. We think that it's a little, uh, you know, to try to sleep without a pillow on Tishabav, a little more uncomfortable. They used to sleep in their graves on Tishabav night. And every that Tishabah morning, Moshe Rabbeinu got up, Yibadu Achayim, and of course Tishabah was, Tishabah was the day of the Miraglim. Right? We think that the, uh, oh, the, the, the Bate Migdash, the first tragedy that happened at Tishabah was the Miraglim. The eagle happened on Trust of Atamus, and the Miraglim was Tishabah. That's what Kodesh Baruch Hu says. You want to cry about something? I'll give you something to cry about. So, they used to dig their graves, and then in the morning, Moshe Rabbeinu said, Yibadu Achayim and Amesim, the people who are still alive should get up, and whoever was alive got up, and whoever didn't got buried. Says the Shnei Oros. So during all these years of the Midbar, what happened? What was the order of the process that happened at the end of a person's life? First was Kvura, and then was Misa. That's what happened in all these years, right? Kvura, they bu- they buried themselves, and then they died. What does this pasuk say? Vatamas Shamiriam Vatikavershan Misa. And then Kvura. What does that mean? midbar. The Mesi Midbar saw that by Miriam it was the opposite of what had happened. Not, it thinks that this is a new stage of life, a new stage of Jewish history. It was the opposite order of what had been happening. It was back to the natural realm, natural order, and Kalu Mesi Midbar. Okay, probably the major issue, probably after Paraduma, the major issue that is discussed, and we discussed this at length last year, we're going to pick on one of the points we discussed last year, 
One of the major issues is Moshe's hitting the rock. What exactly was the Avera? Right, he hit the rock. The Ramban quoted four Pshatim, which we discussed last year, hitting versus talking. Maybe he got angry. But other, maybe he called them Mamrim. Various Pshatim of what the Avera was. We're going to go try to delve a little deeper into Rashi's Pshat. Rashi Pshat was the first one that the Ramban quoted, and that is, he should have talked to the rock. He hit the rock. Hitting the rock, Oive. What a chil Hashem. Hitting the rock. If he would have spoken to the rock, it would have been a tremendous kiddush Hashem. Hitting the rock, what a chil Hashem. Obvious question on Rashi. The Ramban himself asked it was, they're both miracles. You hit the rock, you talk to the rock. They're both miracles. What is, why is one better than the other one? That's the kasha, right? Rashi quotes that. The Rav Pincus quotes that at the beginning of Source number 9. He quotes, Lahakti Sheni, Shiyodi Bartim, Hotsi. If you would have spoken to the rock, Haisi Makudash Laini Haita. Oh, I would have had a great Kiddush Hashem, Omrim. And they would have said, this rock that doesn't talk and doesn't listen. He doesn't need any Parnassim. And the obvious question is, what's the difference? What's the difference? You hit the rock, you talk to the rock. Question one. I'll just throw in another question now. And that is, earlier in the Torah, right back in Parshish B'Shalach, Moshe Rabbeinu was told to hit the rock and he hit the rock. Right, So you see, it's not so bad hitting the rock. So, what's the difference? What changed? And what's the symbolism? Says her Pinkus. Amnam Yeshna Nafgamina, line 5. She'im Ruvin Medabrel Shimon V'Shimon If Ruvin tells Shimon to do something and Shimon does it, who is that act attributed to? It's attributed to Shimon. Ruvin asked Shimon to do something. Shimon does it. Shimon gets the credit. What happens if Ruvin hits Shimon and then Shimon does it? So then it could arguably be said that it's really Ruvain's action. It's really Ruvain's action. Dugmulakach. And he even quotes examples of this in, in Kenyanim. Right, if, uh, by, by animals. If somebody hits an animal, that's a Kenyan. Because that's, that's, that's your, your, it's like you're doing something to the animal. If you just say something, so then it, um, it might not be considered uh, your act. He brings an example of that. So he says that that's the root of talking versus hitting. What happened here? Let's say it outside first. If Moshe Rabbeinu had spoken to the rock, or let's do it the other way. Moshe Rabbeinu hit the rock. Moshe Rabbeinu hit the rock. What does everybody who's viewing that see? Moshe Rabbeinu brought out the water. It's Moshe's action. If Moshe would have spoken to the rock, and the rock would have given out water, then HaKadosh everybody would have said, it's the rock acting. The rock acting, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu acting. That's the difference. If the going out of the water was, Al Shei Moshe Rabbeinu was called by Moshe, HaDerech HaNachon If HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted everybody to the Kodesh Baruch Hu wanted everybody to real, uh, realize that he was doing it. So then he, the, re, the reason, I'm sorry, the reason that 
he told Moshe Rabbeinu to talk to the rock and not to hit the rock was because he wanted... Sorry, somebody just called me from outside. Okay, back to this. So if the if the reason Hakadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu to talk to the rock was because he needed the act attributed to he, capital H, he himself. Moshe Rabbeinu hit the rock, so that makes everybody attribute the act to Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's not exactly what that's not at all what Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted. Here we go. Let's read it. Line fifteen. The first time, only needed the water to be taken out, but the act could be attributed to Moshe Rabbeinu. That's okay. But now Moshe Rabbeinu was, Hakadosh Baruch Hu did not want Moshe to take it out. He wanted the Am to realize that Hakadosh Baruch Hu was taking it out. That's why he needed Moshe to talk to the rock. That's the difference between hitting and talking. But now the question is, so what changed? Why earlier was it good enough to hit the rock? And now it is not good enough. Now the issue is that he has to talk to the rock. So two suggestions, says Rav Pincus. Suggestion number one. Pre and post the Line twenty-two. What? Sorry. What's the difference? Answer one. Answer one. The difference is pre and post miraglim. Pre and post korach. All of a sudden, there's a little mistrust. They're on a lower level. Beforehand, Moshe Rabbeinu doing it, it was basically as if HaKadosh Baruch Hu did it. They had such clarity of vision that Moshe was a shliach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But now, after everything they've been through, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, it's got to be direct. They've got to see They've got to see that it's me, and in that way, they will believe. What did B'nai Yisrael say after Korach got swallowed up? They got upset at Moshe Rabbeinu. They didn't say we believe. So they needed something directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why this had to be talking to the rock and not hitting the rock. And that's even, he says, maybe what it means on line 14. Hashem got mad at me because of you. What does that mean, because of you? Meet CD. Doesn't matter, talking or speaking to the rock. But for you, he needed you to have clarity that it was from him. Mitzidi, it makes no difference. Answer number one is pre and post miraglim korach. Now B'nai Yisrael have to have the divine with perfect clarity. A second answer though, he says. A second reason why earlier hitting was okay. And again, hitting means in an attribution of the act to Moshe Rabbeinu. While here, talking is needed because it must be attributed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. 
Hapam Arishona, line 20, Haisel of Matan Torah. Before Mamrat Arsinai, there was a different type of relationship. What was that? Kla Yisrael Bosa Tkufa Haizu Be Mashal Shel Bini Bechari Yisrael. We were God's children. God's children. Once in a while we get a patch. A child gets a patch once in a while. Right, we're not we're not uh, suggesting here any type of physical punishment, but in general, in theory, maybe not in our generation, maybe unless there's something um, um, dangerous. But again, we're not having a parenting shear right now. But in general, in Chazal, a, a parent and a child. But after Matan Torah, we were no longer parent and child. But on a certain level, we were married to Hakadosh Baruch. We were married. As Shavuos, we had a couple of weeks ago. Shum notes, shum notes, Arbenin, Elevate, Akadosh Baruch Hu, Kesher, Misuk, Shana, Lachalutin, Kesher, Kemosh, Elish, Ve'isha. Kesher, Baal, Munyan, Sheishto, Te'esha, Dover, Mesuyam. When a spouse wants something done, it's talking, 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 talking. Chas v'shalom, any type of haka'ah coming between them. So, switching from a parent-child relationship to a spousal relationship, that's the difference between the earlier command of hitting the rock versus the later command of of talking to the rock. It's got to be, and we have to view it as a spousal relationship. Then he goes beautifully, as he always does, giving a mashal about tefillah. Line 32. This type of love that's supposed to be between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael is from a totally different category. Yehudi as a Jew comes to shul, we never have enough time. Reishis umagibicha. First of all, we come a little late. Take him when we had him and he had tefillin. His reason is something mufla. Then he he puts on tefillin with a, amazing. It takes like forty seconds to put on tefillin. Boom, tefillin's on. The echshu masika the tzibur by yishtabach, and somehow he catches the tzibur by yishtabach. Somehow he just got his tefillin on fifteen seconds ago. Somehow magically, and he can't. Baruch Shem Rashi yishtabach. He can't skip that. Somehow he makes it up to yishtabach. With the tzibur, esfilas shmon esrim esfalu b'mehiras shmon esrim. He says quickly, ukshachaze maschal ba'ashrei ukfar b'chatzi aderach habaita. Starts starts ashrei v'al tzibur. He's ready at the door, saying everybody to have a good day. Is that forget the halachas? But is that an expression of love? Is that an expression of the time and the attention that we give to our spouse? Right. That's 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 not what a kaddish baruch hu is looking for. Right, that's that's the level of talking of Amira to the rock. That's what Akash Baruch was trying to tell us between the difference between Amira and and Haka. Even he says at the end, he says beautifully, Akash Baruch the end of source eleven, Akash Baruch Hu Kokarvelenu, who bar ain't so falamos, Akash Baruch Hu is so close to us, he created infinite worlds. Hatkol mitochis rakshus mufla kadeshalacha hayehudi tiebrutas. He created the whole world in order that we should make a bracha. That we should say Amosi Lechem and That's why he created grain to make wheat, to make flour. When we make a bracha, it's like giving a shbarach a kiss. Just give me a little kiss. Give me a kiss. Say it. Ilo atana taltet aprusa umil maltas abracha bofan mezulzal. And if somebody, if we make the bracha, will they just mumble it? It's like begrudgingly acknowledging that love. It's like an embarrassment. So we have to realize this relationship that we have, the Amira level, and not just the Hakka level. Okay, two more ideas for the 
evening. Two more ideas. One of them, actually three ideas, two of them are from the Meshachachma. Meshachachma points out on a phrase that Chazal says this is a classic Meshachachma because he picks up on a Pasuk that Chazal uh, discuss and he then says his own creative pshat. Pasuk says that when Aaron HaKohen died, you know, that's the only yard site recorded in the Torah, Rosh Chodesh Av, when Aaron HaKohen died, Kol Beis Yisrael, the entire Jewish people cried for Aaron HaKohen. Kol Beis Yisrael. And Arashi quotes that uh, even the women and the children, because he, he made Shalom, the Meshachachim has two other suggestions. What does it mean, Kol Beis Yisrael? Pirish, number one. Hakasuv misaper lanu bazeh shelohaya kol arboim shana roseach nefesh b'shogeg. Nobody ever killed somebody by accident during all the years of the midbar. How do you know that? How do you know that? Because when does somebody go free? When the Kohen Gadol died, every single Jew was sad and cried when Aaron Cohen died. Every single Jew. There's not one that was happy. Must be nobody was sitting in the Ari Mikla waiting for him to die. In, no, nobody's sitting in the Machana Leviyah. They would have been happy. Amazing. You read a Pasuk, I don't know, he reads Psukim differently than everybody else reads Psukim. He reads a Pasuk of Yisrael and he says, Oh, all Jews, meaning not even one person that was happy based on that Mishnah in Marcus that says that the Hargim, Bishogi, go free with the Mises Kohen Gadol. Number one. Number two, a second idea behind that phrase. Not, now, not just, that was the focus on the word Kol. Kol base Yisrael. Now we're going to focus on the word base. Base Yisrael. What is base Yisrael? Not B'nai Yisrael. So as Chazal say, base Yisrael, base Yaakov. Base is always including the women. So what's going on here that the, the, the women cried? Umadach said, base Yisrael below B'nai Yisrael. Ha'inyan. This is the Indian. This was in the 40th year of Rosh Chodesh Av. Remember, they, Chazal tells, they didn't know that that was going to be the last year. They went, slept in the, in the grave on Tisha B'Av also, up until Tuba Av. And then they realized the moon was starting to get smaller again. So they stopped. They knew that the Gzera was over. So they, they were very nervous. Says the Meshachach, well, you know what they were thinking? The Miraglim and all the Dar the Miraglim, they all died in the desert. They thought that God was forsaking them and basically they wouldn't even have Olam Hatchia. They wouldn't who knows that they would even have the next world. And there would be a future for them. They died here and that's it. What a chait. But, but what happens? Aaron Akoin dies. Once Aaron dies, that itself gives them all Nechama. If Aaron died here in the desert, obviously Aaron's going to have Olam Hatachia, so that means we must have also Olam Hatachia as well. Ula Nocham Misas Aaron. It was to their comfort that Aaron died. Shegam Aaron Yanuach Eksam Meshkavosehem Velo Yitamu Bamidbar Azel Olam Hatachia. It won't be forever. So that's why all the men of the desert in the desert they were not so upset. Because it was a comfort to them when Aaron died. The women, though, they didn't take part in the Miraglim. They weren't included in the Gzera. And therefore, they were Mechabe Israel. So that's why they just pure cried. 
Because they didn't have any simple and Nechama about it, because they didn't have the Xera. So Dafka the women, Shalem lo Haisak Xera, Hema Bachu Kulam Amos Kat Kidosh Hashem, Libli Havila Usam La Arts. So two amazing points by the Meshachachma, one on the word call, one on the word base. Call, not one person killed Beshogeg. Base, the women were ones that cried, because the men, they were a little comforted, because they realized that Aaron was in the same boat with them. One final thought for the evening. Uh, this could be said um, at any simcha, if anybody has, or Rahman al-Aslan at any levaya. If somebody has uh, any levayas, um, this is a good back pocket thought to, to keep in mind. Also about Aaron Akawin, though. Rashi quotes, Vayiru, source 13, this is the, the second of Yosef Nechemia of the evening, Vayiru kala eda kigava Aaron. Once you have the safer open, sometimes you look around a little bit. So, they saw that Aaron died. So, Read the Pasuk. What does it mean that they saw? How do you see that somebody died? They didn't see our own, did they? Does a Chazal bother? What does it mean they saw? Vayiru. So Rashi quotes, Kishero Moshe ve'elazar yardim v'yaron lo yarad when they saw Moshe and Elazar coming down from Har HaHar. Armu hechanu Aaron. Where's Aaron? Armu lemeis, they say, he died. Armu, they said, Efshar misha'amad kenegad ha'malach v'atras ha'magefa is it possible that he died? He ran around with a Torah. He saved lives. He died. They didn't believe him. They were not moving. We don't believe that Aaron died. Miyad bikish Moshe Rachamim. So what happened? Moshe had asked Davin veheruhu malachei hashari slohem mutal bemita. So the angel showed him lying on a bed. Ra'u veheeminu. They saw and they believed. That's Vayiru. They saw. They saw. They saw him in the coffin. How did that answer the question? What did they say? How could Aaron die? Such an amazing person. How could he die? So what did Moshe show him? That he died. That answered the question. They saw Vakasha. How could he die? It doesn't say that they didn't, they didn't believe it, but even so. How does that answer the Kasha? It says of Yosef what's the language that they showed him? They showed him mutal, lying b'mita in the bed. There's another meaning for the word mita. Yaakov Avinu was the first of the avos that had mitaso shlema. His bed was full, meaning all of his children were righteous. They showed Aaron. The Malachi showed Aaron. He was, what's the language again? The language is mutal. He was lying. He was hanging in the bed. What does the meteor mean? It means with his children. Aaron didn't die because he lived on with his children through his mita, through his through his shifte, not his shifteka. Mitaso shlema was was Yaakov Avinu. But says the Rebbeisiv Nechemia ve'akena al she'altem ech meis Aaron. Hero malachesher is mutal b'mita klomar chiyuso va'atzmuso muto b'mitaso ashlema haynu binyan Elazar Akoin is here. He's going to carry on the torch of Aaron. Faru omenu meshamish etzlenu v'zichro liyasa miYisrael. His mita. How did he die? He didn't. He physically did, but he lives on in his children. His mita goes with him. And how did Aaron do it? Aaron continues. And as long as proper children uh, follow the path of the parent, that keeps the, the light of the parent still going. So we should all be zochet to have this bracha, mitasenu shlema, and 
be zochet to uh, fulfill all the mitzvahs of HaKadosh Baruch Hu properly and pass that on to our children. Okay, we'll stop here. Everybody should have a good job.